testify. Come up in the spot looking extra fly. For the day you die, you gon' trust the sky. You gon' trust the sky, baby girl. Testify. Come up in the spot looking extra fly. For the day you die, you gon' trust the sky. Yes, 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 yes. Who's on third? Lupe still like looping the third. Here like here till I'm bitter on the curb. Peach fuzz buzz, but bitter on the verge. Let's slow it down like we're on the serve. Bottle shaped body like Mrs. Butterworth. But before you say another word, I'm back on the block like a man on the street. I'm trying to stop lying like a mum but I'm not lying when I'm laying on the beat. On guard, a touche Lupe cool as the unthought. But I still feel possessed as a gun charge. I'm as correct as a pawn star. And a fresh pair of steps in my best phone call. I represent the first, now let me get my verse right where the horns are like uh, I gotta testify, come up in the spot looking extra fly For the day you die, you gon' trust the sky You gon' trust the sky, baby girl, testify Come up in the spot looking extra fly For the day you die, you gon' trust the sky Cut that shit, cut that shit. Oh boy. Now, I'll let y'all breathe this weekend. I'll let y'all breathe this weekend, man. I gave y'all a break, but yeah, man. If y'all are not hip, this is King Known Uncensored, the most opposite opinion of all time. I'm the first nigga to have an opposite opinion. <laughs> I'm the first nigga to have an opposing opinion. But, um, anyway, this is King Known Uncensored Top 100 Albums Explanation. And y'all get ready. This is going to be a long show. But I have to discuss this before I move into it, right? Because, um, this full list is located on my other website, kingknownreviewscom.wordpress.com. KingKnownReviewsCom.wordpress.com. Y'all motherfuckers can spell. Y'all got decent grammar. Y'all can you can do it. You'll be able to find it. That's where I used to review albums, and now I just come on here and do it for money instead of wasting my time typing that shit out. But um, wow. Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know, I know. You, you're sounding like the motherfuckers on TV. That's all you talk about. That's all you talk about. Had to get my uh, Zeke cross on real quick. rough day in Los Angeles. They lost a very close game to the Chicago Bulls. Now, <laughs> my homeboy, he gonna listen to this, this shit, right? <laughs> but I don't care, man. I had said that the Bulls are gonna beat the Lakers with no matter who they played. 
anyway. Right? I didn't look at the game. I didn't look at the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. You ain't look at the game, so you don't know what the fuck you talk about. Man, first of all, nigga, I was built with a crystal ball. Anyone could have predicted this shit. However, I did look like at the Pistons finally break their 14-game losing streak against the uh, Miami Heat. I mean, it was a lesser version of the Heat. Everybody didn't play, but it felt good. Because um, Kay Cunningham was getting double teamed that entire game. And they won 100 to 90. I'm not going to get into the details of the game because I only saw the third quarter and on. But it felt refreshing. And Sadiq Bey is finally stepping up. I'm proud of this kid, man. But the question is, was Jeremy Grant holding back Sadiq Bey? Because Jeremy Grant does take a majority of the shots and meanwhile Sadiq Bey is just like left on the corner to pull threes but when Sadiq Bey was playing last night he showed that he was very effective with the ball in his hand and could have the potential to be a 20 point scorer I was talking about trading this dude but because he was struggling but he seemed to have found his game you know, Cade was only held to like six points, but he did have 10 assists, which helped. But let's move on into um, that Lakers collapse last night against the Bulls. I mean, DeMar DeRozan was looking incredible, wasn't he? They called this shit the worst signing of the offseason, y'all. You can't make this stuff up in my Kevin Samuels voice. You can't make this stuff up. They really called DeRozan the worst free agent signing of the offseason. LeBron James, however, did have 31 points, 14 rebounds, and 6 assists. Wow. Westbrook had 20 points, 9 rebounds, and 8 assists. They were without Anthony Davis. And meanwhile, Mr. Glass, a.k.a. Screet Clothes, a.k.a. MRI, a.k.a. Out for the Season, a.k.a. Mr. Suit and Tie, is gone for four weeks with an MCL sprain. I mean, we kind of knew that one, if not two of these niggas was not going to make it the whole season. Um, Isaiah Thomas started, though. 13 points, not bad. Carmelo had 21 off the bench. They just didn't close the game out. And the Bulls were without Zach Levine. But, however, three of the big four was out there. Bucci had 19 points and 13 rebounds. DeRozan had 38 points. Lonzo had 19 points. And Caruso had 17 points, both in a revenge game versus their former team. I think that played a major role in why they won. And um, what's the Lakers' record now? What is the Lakers' motherfucking record? They are currently 7th in the West, and they are 16-15. and 15. A far cry from what we thought they were going to be. Which begs the question, 
I mean, I'm hearing rumors. These aren't facts. This isn't proven, but I'm hearing rumors that LeBron James is probably going to demand a trade. You already know what I think. When the going gets tough, LeBron likes to run. Like, he walked out of that fucking Bulls game with one second left on the clock. Didn't shake no hands. Didn't do nothing. You know? All right. Let's move on to the top 100. I know y'all been waiting. I know y'all tired of that Lakers talk. So let's do this, man. I made this list. Uh, I think it was, what, Friday night? Yeah, I made it last night. And um, I don't give a fuck if you like it or not. Who gives a fuck? Fuck you. If you don't like the list, fuck you. If you feel like I'm bi- my list is biased, tell your favorite rappers to make better music then. That's all I'm going to tell you. You know, it's just a big fuck you. You know what I'm saying? I have followed these albums the whole year. I graded these albums all year. I compared albums all year. But this is the top 100 albums that I listened to in 2021. Now, certain albums didn't make the list. It's either I didn't listen to it or the album wasn't good. But this list, okay, let's go. Number 100, Kanye West Donda. Uh... Donda wasn't that good. Honestly, I like Certified Lover Boy way better than Donda. That's just my personal opinion. And I love Kanye. But he was super disappointing. Like, I only liked six songs on Donda. And it was like 25, 20, 26 tracks. That's not really a good ratio for me. And for this to make the list, it's a sign of respect. Okay. Number 99, A Boogie with the Hoodies, EP before Ava. Um, This was a late add-in, Friday add-in. Pretty decent project. 98, Kid Ink Alive. A lot of people did not know that Kid Ink actually dropped an album. And honestly, it was decent. Not bad for a six, seven year layoff, even though he did drop a couple of EPs in between, in the meantime, between time, you know, shout out to Kid Ink though, 97, Seven was Tanache three three three. Um, I was kind of disappointed in Tanache because every Tanache album, in my personal opinion, had many bangers, great R and B records, great pop records, and it was just a nice, well put together album. But three 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 wasn't it for me. Even though this is Tanache's only misstep, it was still good enough to make the list. 96, Cardo, Sledgerin, and Wiz Khalifa, Wiz Got Wings. I was honestly disappointed in this album. I expected a whole lot more from Wiz. And the Cardo production wasn't on point like it is when he teams up with Payroll, when he teams up with Larry June, when he teams up with 
other artists to do records. You know, this was the same team behind Cushion Orange Juice. This put a lot of high expectations on this record for me. It was the expectation for me. It wasn't necessarily meant, but it doesn't mean that there weren't any good moments. There were a few good songs, but that was all that it was, and that's why it's number 96. Number 95, Gucci Mane, Ice Daddy. I was actually entertained by this album. I was actually entertained. And uh, the beats, the production, I wasn't disappointed at all. I was happy about it. 94, Snoop Dogg from the streets to the sweets. It just shows that the old dog can still develop new tricks, even in an era where technically he shouldn't necessarily be relevant anymore. But Uncle Snoop is always always gonna gonna uh mesh with the times and time and time again snoop dogg always prevails and drops something new and entertaining 93 drake certified lover boy i know a lot of drake fans are gonna shit on me for this but i don't care you are supposed to be an a plus level artist a top dog the lead of the era the highest selling artist of the era and you drop in average work it's not gonna cut it i only like really eight songs out of the 21 on certified lover boy and if you want a further review on this you can go to my certified lover boy episode where i reviewed certified lover boy live number 92 nitty scott jiggy mommy now if you are unfamiliar with nitty scott she is a rapper that was born in grand rapids raised in Orlando, Florida, and moved to New York when she was 17 years old. And she has very, very good albums. Like, um, The Boombox Diaries was dope. Um, The uh, Creature album was dope. And there was another project that she released I always forget the the title of. But her second album was dope, too. But Jiggy Mommy, I'm not gonna lie. I was kind of disappointed... Because Nitty, I think, tried too hard to fit into the era instead of being her original, innovative, uh, different self. But there were a few bangers on here, I have to admit. Number 91, Young Thug Punk. This was the first Young Thug album that I ever listened to in its entirety. And that made me go back and check out So Much Fun. And I think both albums are on the same level. I think So Much Fun is better than Punk, but Punk was a decent album. It had a lot of bangers on Punk. Number 90. Looks like Hot Girl Summer has turned to Cold Girl Winter. Summer Walker still over it. A lot of female fans were even disappointed in this album. That says a lot when your fan base is supposed to be majority female. And I was disappointed in it too because I thought that this had the potential to be better than the original over it. But Lord, was I wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Even though I did like a few records on here. Number 89, G Easy, These Things Happen Too. Um, G Easy just got caught up in a year where it was so many artists that not many people were going to pay attention to this record. 
There's a couple of songs on there that I really uh, enjoyed, though. G-Eazy is actually an above-average uh, rapper. He's just not a lyricist. He just makes bangers. And that's completely fine. Number 88, Kirk Knight After Dark. If you're unfamiliar with who Kirk Knight is, because sometimes niggas need a backstory, and a lot of artists that get overlooked and slept on definitely deserve a shot. And this is what we do here at King Known Uncensored. We give voices to the to, to the ones that are less heard. Kirk Knight is really a rapper. He was uh, a group member in Joey Badass's um, Beast Coast and Pro Era. He's affiliated with Joey Badass. But he decided to think completely outside the box and drop an R&B album. And I was actually impressed. He doesn't rap on here at all, by the way. 87, Lil Wayne and Rich the Kid Trust Fund Babies EP. Um, It was some decent moments, especially from Lil Wayne. Rich the Kid was a game manager. He just didn't fuck up. Um, It had some bangers on here. 86, Matt Hami Balance Show. I think it was a... Uh, I think it's a, it means um, hot candle or some shit in uh, Haitian, Haitian language, right? Um, I like this project, man. I mean, if you're a fan of like real hip hop and dope lyricism, this is a project for you. Matt Comey's a decent artist. Um, he's a Griselda, Griselda affiliate, but he's not signed directly to them, but definitely a dope album. 85, Juicy J, The Hustle Still Continues. This sequel... New message from Priyanka M. You can say But yeah, The Hustle Still Continues was was dope. I, com- I completely enjoyed it. I mean, the extra songs were pretty cool. I didn't have necessarily much of a problem with it. All right, all right, all right. Number 84, Young Blue, I'm Not Okay EP. Um, This was a rough one to listen to, but definitely puts you in the mind of somebody that has been through some shit. I was impressed. Number 83, Styles P Ghosted. Styles P is somebody that I definitely respect. He never, he'll try something different. But it won't sound bad to compromise what got him here to this status. And he didn't necessarily rely on the locks features either. So shout out to Styles for that. Number 82, Don Tolliver, Life of a Don. Um, this album was slightly better than his first one. It wasn't by much, though, because both projects are pretty much on the same level. Tolliver is another cog in the trapping B realm with guys like Bryson Tiller, Eric Bellinger, you know, Brent Fire, you know, guys like that. He's along the lines of those characters. Number 81, Tory Lane's We Outside EP. Oh, man, these had bangers. This is a great EP with five fucking bangers. Three three of them are 
in heavy rotation, like Pretty Face, um, We Outside. It was another song on there that I fucking love, but I forgot the name of the motherfucker, though. God damn it. All right, number 80, Payroll, Giovanni, Giovanni's Way. Um, Payroll had some heat on this project. Um, Payroll seems to get better with every project. But, you know, Cardo only did like a couple of beats on here. You know, it's you know, his bread and butter is when he links up with Cardo. Number 79, Georgia Smith Be Right Back EP. Despite the high position, I had a little bit higher of an expectation for this. It was just about six records that were halfway decent, but nothing that blew me away. Number 78, Casey Veggie, CG5. I forgot what the CG stood for, but however, I enjoyed this project. Casey Veggie's has some hot tracks on here. Definitely, completely another one of those artists that are that I feel is overlooked. Like Moonwalking is definitely my favorite, and uh, 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 he got a song with D Smoke on there. That's fire as well. Number seventy-seven, Young Blue, Moon Boy. This is a pretty decent project. I mean, it relied heavily on features, but no, I'm not okay. EP proved that Young Blue is pretty decent on his own. So shout out to Young Blue. Number 76, Fat Joe. What would Big do 2021? I like the concept. It's basically like if Biggie Smalls was still alive, these were the beats that he would rap on or whatever. But Fat Joe wasn't trying to imitate Biggie, though. And I have to respect dude for that. For not trying to make it a knockoff project. Or a knockoff product. Going at a good pace here. Um, number 75, Millie's Blanco 4. I have not heard the previous installments of Blanco. But Blanco 4, you know, shows why Jadakiss decided to take this artist under his wing. He's really dope. Even though he kind of like emulated picking Detroit style beats and shit, you know what I'm saying? Gotta pay homage to where, you know, you gotta pay homage a little bit before you start riding our beats. But other than that, the New York, uh, wait, the Massachusetts artist, I'm sorry, I forgot he was from Massachusetts, like uh, Joyner Lucas is. But Millie's be snapping, man. Blanco 4 is worth checking out. Number 74, Tory Lane's Alone at Prom. This is Tory Lane's second installment. Um, I enjoyed Alone at Prom. Um, it was definitely 80s inspired. I completely understand, you know, where what direction Tory was coming from. But again, like I said, you know, if you look at Tory Lane's stunted growth, he lacks a lot of originality and doesn't do anything innovative he just goes and rolls with whoever style he wants to run with that day and it looks like this time it was the weekend number 73 big sean and hit boys what you expect ep decent little five pack you know big sean is still like a top five caliber artist when he is inspired but hopefully his next full project is better than Detroit 2 because I like Detroit 2, but Detroit 2 just had too many records. 
72 Megan Thee Stallion something for the hotties with last year's disappointing good news dropping for me a lot of people love good news I wasn't a big fan of it I'm pretty sure I shoved that shit into your brains one time too many that I wasn't a fan of that record but I wasn't um something for the hotties is a bounce back project from Megan Thee Stallion to me. The lyrics improved, but the subject matter didn't improve as usual. But I like the bar she was spitting. I like the beat she was picking. Much respect due to the hot girl. Number 71, Moneybag Yo Against This Pain. A lot of people are gonna say this is too low. Bullshit. Uh, Moneybag Yo came out with a great, his best work in a year where a lot of guys dropped Classics, in my opinion. So for him to be this high is a blessing in disguise. I mean, I enjoyed that project from top to bottom. Number 70, Drake's Scary Hours 2 EP. This three-pack was one of the many great three-packs on this list. As we move on to number 69, Ray Vaughn. If you're unfamiliar with him, he is TDE's latest signee. I think he's from Carson, California. And this dude on the mic, he gets busy. Like, I like all three of these songs. Like, Top Shotta is catchy. Um, Not Allowed. That should be in a, that should be a club banger. That's a banger. And uh, my favorite song on there, Tap, Fire. Rayvon reminds me of a West Coast version of Meek Mill. It's kind of like Meek Mill and J-Rock put together. Number 68. Baby Keem, The Melodic Blue. I love this project. Like, I like this project from top to bottom. Just because you're ranked 68, it doesn't mean that your album is trash. This could be just a good year for music and you might get lost in the shuffle. But this project definitely gets played my ride. Number 67, Smoke Dizza, The Hustlers Catalog 2. I was wondering like what was the hype behind this guy because you know he be popping up on everybody's albums and I finally had a chance to check out a project from him and I was pretty impressed and I didn't even know Smoke Dizzle was from uh, New York blew me away number 66 D Smoke War of the Wonders even though it wasn't as impressive as his Grammy-nominated album, Black Habits. War of the Wonders still had dope records on here. And D. Smoke Lamar, as I like to call him, because if you listen to him and Kendrick, you, wouldn't even, you couldn't even tell who is who. Number 65, Maxo Cream, Weight of the World. I definitely slept on this album. I had to go back and listen to it, and um, I was pretty impressed. The Houston product definitely killed all these songs. 64, Khaled, Khaled. Now, even though it was kind of disappointing, as Khaled went completely golf, in the great words of Tyron Turner, he went golf, his music went golf, meaning it went pop. DJ Khaled lost his core audience and decided to opt for a white audience. Now, don't get me wrong, it's still... It still got bangers on there, but it's just not that, it's not enough, it wasn't enough. We have higher expectations 
of DJ Khaled. That's all. But it doesn't mean that this project was completely mediocre and trash. I'm not going to go that far. Number 63, Matt Kami, Pray for Haiti. The West Side Gun executive produced album even got a look from Hove. He, this man had Hove in his listening session. And Pray for Haiti had some really good music on there. Definitely worth a checkout. Number 62, I think this may be the most underrated album to drop all year. Def Jam's artist, Bobby Sessions album Manifest. I definitely beg you guys to please check that project out. It is a really, really good project. The features were great. The songs were great. The subject matter was great. And he had some bangers on there too. Very well-rounded project. Number 61, Dave East and Millie's Pablo and Blanco. Dave East and Millie's is a dangerous duo. And I can't imagine what a full album would sound like with these two as they delivered seven dope songs. 60, Trust in BSF presents Trust the Sopranos. If you are unfamiliar with who Trust is, it's just a, a, a few decent artists. I mean, the, if the flagship artists are 38 Special and Ransom. Ransom, if you're unfamiliar with him, was a big mixtape artist in the early 2000s who was affiliated with Joe Button, Stack Bundles, you know, affiliated with DJ Clue, basically, and Fabulous as well. Ransom's growth as an overall artist has been awesome to watch. And then BSF, if you're unfamiliar with that, that is Benny the Butcher's crew of artists. I was disappointed when I seen them in concert, but listening to their music, those artists are starting to grow on me. And Trust the Sopranos was proof that it delivered. 59. <laughs> Heavyweight boxer Jim Jones and Harry Fraud's The Fraud Department. Harry Fraud had a really good year when it comes to that production. And Jim Jones proves that his next project is definitely going to be a grand slam. As Jim Jones... It's been a, a pleasure to watch Jim Jones grow as an overall artist. He went from the weakest link in Dipset to probably the most, you know, impressive Dipset member. Number 58, Lil Baby and Lil Dirk, the voice of the heroes. I know a lot of people would say that this should be ranked higher, but I feel like this is ranked just right. And this is exactly what a Little Baby and a Little Dirk album would sound like. A bunch of trap beats, a bunch of hippity-dippity, a little tiny bit of auto-tune mixed with a little bit of yellow top. What the fuck do you got? A dope album, that's what you got. But Little Baby be snapping, though. All jokes aside, all hippity-dippity-boobity-boobity-bobbity jokes aside, Little Baby be snapping. I gotta give the man some credit. This dude was a lot better than I thought he was going to be. Number 57. A Thursday night add-in. Dr. Dre, the contract EP. Uh, the, basically the soundtrack for Grand Theft Auto Online. Now, Dr. Dre teamed up with Grand Theft Auto and he delivered five dope-ass songs. No, six. It was six. And the, the song I love the most... Ugh, that's tough. I like the, the the one with the game. But the song that's really killer was the one with Snoop Dogg, Anderson Pack, 
in Buster Rhymes. That's what really impressed me about this particular project. Number 56, AZ Door Die 2. Speaking of old dogs learning new tricks, I mean, AZ basically kept the aesthetic that worked on the original Door Die. Now, is it better than the original Door Die? Hell no. I think Door Die, the original, is one of the 25 best hip hop albums of all time. Especially from a lyrical standpoint. And AZ never fails to impress me with his delivery, with his concepts, and with his substance. And he had some impressive features on this album, too. Gotta give AZ some credit. 55, the most mid-artist of all time, Polo G. Hall of Fame was impressive because I've never necessarily been a fan of Polo G. I'm still not a fan of Polo G, but this project was okay. And it definitely is worthy of being on this list, despite how I feel about him personally. Number 54, Mo3, Shot Us Forever. Mo3 and Moray, that was crazy that they got to collaborate before Mo3 died because those two artists definitely remind me of each other. And Shot Us Forever for a first time listen of Mo3, I was impressed. I like his style, I like his flows, how he can change up his flow, and he can rap his ass off as well. 53, Logic, Bobby Tarantino 3. Bobby Tarantino 3 has some bangers on there. Now, it hasn't been as, it wasn't as impressive as the other two Bobby Tarantinos, but Logic just continues to prove that he's a worthy hip hop artist. And I still think that he's still stuck in that Def Jam deal. Which is why he still had to put out music even though he was claiming that he was retiring. Yeah, nobody really retires from this rap game. I'm not going to lie to you. Except Joe Budden. Number 52, Vince Staples dropped his self-titled album. And it was pretty good, man. Vince Staples is one of the most consistent artists in this generation. And... It shall be respected. Number 51, the corniest nigga in the game, Russ, dropped a stellar album in Chomp 2, which was heavily reliant on features. He had some impressive features across the board. Honestly, he wasn't the best part of his album, but that doesn't mean that the music wasn't any good. Russ held his own in some cases. Don't get me wrong. But... Chomp 1 and Chomp 2 were the only two projects where I could take Russ seriously as an MC. Number 50. We're in the top 50 now. Let's see how far we are. About 35 minutes. Okay. I think I can beat 60 minutes. Ride with me, y'all. Number 50. Boldy James and the Alchemist presents Bo Jackson. Um, This was very impressive. I mean, Boldy James and Alchemist on The Price of Tea in China were very impressive, great duo. Bodie James and Alchemist are a perfect duo. They're just like Payroll and, 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 and um, Cardo. You know what I'm saying? A rapper and producer sometimes just has some, and Hit Boy and Nas as well. And, and speaking of hip hop duos and producer duos, number 49 is Benny the Butcher and Harry Fraud, the plugs I met too. 
Now, I hold Benny the Butcher to a high standard, and I don't think the plugs I met too was impressive, especially not as impressive as the original plugs I met. And then he was also coming off of a classic album in The Burden of Proof, which I felt like was the best album since Good Kid Mad City, in my personal opinion. Now, the plugs I met too did have good songs. Don't get it twisted or fucked up. I was just, you know, expecting something just a level under burden of proof. And unfortunately, it did not meet my expectations. Now, however, however, number 48, West Side Gun, Hitler Wears Hermes 8, Sincerely Adolf, Side B. Now, Side B may have not been as potent as Side A, but Side B definitely offered some good tracks, especially the tracks that were originally released as singles for the project appeared on here like TV Boy and Julia Lane. And I like this project. I think Hell on Earth 2 is on here. And I love me some Hell on Earth 2. Number 47, Payroll and Cardo, Another Day and Another Dollar. Payroll and Cardo continue to prove to be a forceful duo in today's rap game that is highly slept on. You know, niggas in Detroit know what's up with payroll. But worldwide, I don't think enough people are paying attention. Number 46. TDE artist Isaiah Rashad coming off of a, a five-year layoff drops his third album, The House is Burning. And let me tell you something. This is Isaiah Rashad at his best. He was in his bag, he was on his A-game, and Lay With Ya, R.I.P. Young, um, the track with Uzi Vert, I always forget the title of that song, The House Is Burning, the title track, I mean, he had so many bangers on The House Is Burning, definitely a project worth checking out. Number 45, Now and Then Life Is Beautiful. Yeah, this is a, a, a R&B pop album that is worthy of checking out. I really love this project. And now is one of those artists that is kind of underrated and overlooked because, you know, the market for her is short because, you know, she's a transplant artist from London and she hasn't necessarily broke commercially yet. Number 44. Loot Goldmouth. Now, if you're unfamiliar familiar with who Loot is, this is a North Carolina artist that is signed to J. Cole. Streamville label. And Loot's first project, um, West 1996 Part 2, I think it's a certified hip-hop classic to me. Because of the music and the lyrical content. Not necessarily because of the impact. I look at classics by the content of the album, you know, the production... Um, the concepts, the substance, and just the overall sound. And Luke has got his sound perfected, and his bars are there. Definitely one of the better projects of 2021. Number 43, Kevin Gates, Only the Generals Part 2. I was, I was mad impressed with Kevin Gates. Even though he's kind of weird and does a lot of uh, weirdo shit. That doesn't take away from how good Kevin Gates' music is.
<laughs> the irony. <laughs> Y'all remember, motherfucker, you guys, sir. That's all you need to know when you hear this instrumental. Niggas gonna be like, how the fuck you get that instrumental, bro? That shit whore, my nigga. <laughs> Alright, let's move back on. I gotta stop talking shit. Number 42. Kirby, sis, he wasn't the one. I like this overall concept from Kirby. I mean, the original sis was was dope. And this album did not fail to disappoint either. You know, as she based concepts around toxic relationships. And I got to give Kirby her credit. I mean, you know, Kirby can sing. That's one of them chicks in the game that can sing, that can actually, like, really sing. You know, it's a lot of motherfuckers in this game that cannot sing at all, that don't get the looks that Kirby should be getting. Number 41, Justine Sky, Space and Time. Now, I think that the Timbaland production had a lot to do with why this project was impressive, but Justine Sky did her job, and Justine can sing as well. She she she's, she just can't sing, but Justine can carry a tune, and I liked a lot of these songs on this project, especially the one with Justin Timberlake. Number 40, Division and Ty Dolla Sign, Cheers to the Best. Who would have thought this trio would have delivered a dope-ass project? I mean... This was impressive from top to bottom. If you're unfamiliar with Division, Division is a duo that is signed to uh, Drake's OVO label. And um, they're a very talented duo. They can sing and they produce. So shout out to Division. Um, number 39, Seven Streeter, Dunk, Drunken Words, Sober Thoughts. This was an underrated album to me. Highly underrated. Slept on. It was a really good project. I was impressed. She has some dope records on here. And not to mention, she is sexy. My goodness. Look at that album cover. Number 38, Denzel Curry, Unlock 1.5. Now, I know this is a re-release of the uh, 2020 EP, um, Unlocked. But these were, these were songs that the beats were changed on. And they added features to the uh, Unlock songs. You know, he had Joey Badass on there. He had Benny the Butcher. He had some dope-ass features on here. And Denzel Curry and Kenny Beats bought the smoke once again. Number 37, Conway the Machine and Big Ghost LTD. If it bleeds, it can be killed. This is yet another rapper-producer combo. And, you know, Conway could have done better with this. I'm not going to lie to you, but this was released at the beginning of the year, and we needed some new Griselda now, and this was a good appetizer for um, a future uh, position later on, which will be discussed. Number 36, Kelly Rowland KEP. If you listen to like three out of these five songs, you would think that's Beyonce singing, but that begs the question. Like, does Kelly and Beyonce sound so, been around so much, have, have they been around each other so much over the years that they started to sound like each other? Or did Kelly be, borrow from Beyonce or vice versa? Or did they borrow from each other? The world will know. I mean, my favorite record, which is in heavy rotation on this EP, is Hitman. That record is phenomenal. By the way. 
So shout out to Kelly Rowland. Number 35, Ransom, Heavy is the Head. You like lyricism? You like bars? You like complicated rhyme schemes? You like the, uh, and if you are, were a Game of Thrones fan, which I was not, you know, I had to have a Game of Thrones fan school me on why Ransom picked this fucking project. I mean, picked the concept for this project. Heavy is the Head. And this, it was Game of Thrones based. And a lot of the, um, a lot of the project's, uh, tr- titles were based on the series. Number th- 34, uh, Eric Bellinger, New Light. Eric Bellinger continues to impress. And this actually garnered him a, a Grammy nomination. I really hope he does win because Eric Bellinger has worked hard writing songs for these people featuring with a lot of his peers and he still isn't necessarily getting the credit that is just due for him being such a multi-talented R&B artist but one day my favorite R&B nigga is gonna get his number 33 Judas and the Black Messiah soundtrack um this was executive produced by Hit Boy and um I love this soundtrack man it had everyone from Nas to her who has a Grammy nominated song from this project it had Nipsey Hussle and Jay Z pretty fire pretty fire soundtrack number 32 Benny the Butcher Pyrex Picasso these are two to three year old songs packaged into an EP. Honestly, I was more impressed with Pyrex Picasso more than I was with the plugs I met too. It does feature uh, Conway the Machine and West Side Gun, I think, and a couple of those BSF niggas. Definitely a worthy project. Number 31, Ransom in Rome Streets, Coupe de Grasse. Now, Coupe de Grasse was a very dope group project. I mean, Ransom, we already know, is a beast on that microphone. And Rome Streets is Griselda's newest signee. And he teamed up with Ransom to drop one of the most slept-on projects of the year. Definitely high-grade MC. Number 30, Boldy James and the Alchemist dropped another project last Friday called Super Tecmo Bo. And this was more impressive than Bo Jackson, the original, in my personal opinion. This was super impressive in my book. Worthy of a checkout. Number 29, Dave East and Harry Fraud. Yet another Harry Fraud-based project, Hoffa. Dave East was in his bag on Hoffa. Dave East continues to deliver dope-ass projects. It's only a matter of time before he is mentioned amongst elite MCs. Dave East just has a knack for dropping dope-ass hip-hop. But yeah.
yeah, let's move on. Um, number 28, Alicia Keys Keys. Now, I discussed this on a previous show about how Alicia didn't necessarily need all those extra remixes because it took down the value of the project. Now, Alicia Keys definitely could have had a A1 project, a top 10 project, if she took all those extra remixes off. Because the original version of Keys was fucking dope to me. But to each his own. Number 27, Snoop Dogg presents Algorithm. He put a slew of his upcoming artists, including his daughter, you know what I'm saying, dropping a, a couple of songs for Algorithm. You know, he had the likes of Redman and Method Man, Benny the Butcher, Busta Rhymes, uh, Dave East, Fabulous, you know, October London. He has some hard-hitting, heavy, heavy artists on this Algorithm project. Very impressive. Love it. Number 26, Rick Ross, Richer Than I Ever Been. Um, Richer Than I Ever Been was fucking dope to me. It was, it, it's on the same level as um, Rather You Than Me. It's like knocking on the door of a classic, but not necessarily a classic. If you could catch my drift and you could dig what I'm talking about. Yeah, so shout out to uh, Rick Ross, man. Number 25. We're into the top 25. The infamous top 25, y'all. Number 25, Migos Culture 3. This was by far the best Migos project I've ever heard. But unfortunately, it came out in a time to where they were pretty much considered played out. No disrespect to them. I mean, those guys definitely uh be snapping but nobody cares about Migos anymore like they were played out two three years ago to be completely honest but however you know Offset remains relevant through Cardi Takeoff is pretty much the Michelle Williams of that group and Quavo uh, however you know still a guy that can hop on features and body shit but not as game-changing as he once was but culture three still was an impressive body of work number number 24 Joyce Rice overgrown um let me tell you something this is a slept on R&B artist um she's dope man I mean overgrown was a hell of a project I like damn near all of the songs on this project and if there were an R&B album that I would recommend, I would highly recommend this album. Definitely has dope features, pretty good songs. I like her song with Lucky Day. That song was fire. That was also on Lucky Day's EP as well. Number 23, yet another underrated R&B group. I mean, this was pretty much the year of R&B as lots of R&B Artists came in droves and dropped high-quality work. Uh, number 23, Van Jess Homegrown. This is very sultry. Definitely reminds you of late 90s R&B. Not quite neo-soul, but knocking on the door. They definitely remind me of the 90s group Jeanne. 
you know, they made songs like Mr. DJ, Groove Thing, Send Him a Love, Saturday Night. Definitely worthy of checking out. Number 22, The Harder They Fall soundtrack. This was a very dope soundtrack. Um, the uh, Lauren Hill, Fatuma Diawara track. Impressive. Jay-Z, Conway, and Jadakiss teaming up. What? Hove and Cuddy track was fire. Definitely a rock nation bonanza here. Number 21, Big Boy and Sleepy Brown's Big Sleepover. Now, this is not only a dope rap album, but this is a dope music album. This album touched on great fucking music. Sleepy Brown still got it. You thought he was done after I Can't Wait? Shit. I couldn't wait for this to drop because Big Boy is another one of those rappers that are slept on because their other group member gets all the praise and all of this and that. But Big Boy deserves a lot of praise too. He's dope on the mic as well. He can hold his own against a lot of hip-hop's elite. Definitely a top 25, 30 rapper of all time. Big Sleepover was a beautiful music project. Number 20, Griselda and BSF presents Conflicted Soundtrack. Now, the movie might have been ass, but the soundtrack was very impressive. As it boasts the entire Griselda and BSF roster, and it has dope features from Wale, and in Smoke Dizza. And Lloyd Banks as well. Lloyd Banks had a great song, The Element of Surprise on there. Definitely a great start to Lloyd Banks' comeback. Number 19, Snow Allegra, Temporary Highs in the Violet Skies. Whatever this project was indicating was definitely um, shown in this project. I mean, Neon Peach is in heavy rotation heavy rotation in my uh that shit definitely gets play in my ride but um that doesn't mean that the rest of the project isn't good i'm just saying that's my favorite one number 18 dmx exodus this was very impressive a lot of people were disappointed in this album i still don't understand why i think skyscrapers was super duper dope hold me down was super dope even though money back yo was out of place Money, money, money was solid. Lil Wayne's verse on hit on on their record was dope. Bath Salt, you know, I already explained why Bath Salt was disappointing. We're not gonna go there. And um, Nas had two dope ass features on here. Very good body of work from X. His best album since um, and then there was X to me. 17, Lloyd Banks, The Course of the Inevitable. And it was inevitable that Lloyd Banks was going to get back to that true form that we missed from the G-Unit days. And Lloyd Banks doesn't necessarily need G-Unit to make great music. He proved that on this project. This was pretty much considered a comeback project from him. Number 16, Moray Street Sermons. Moray is what I call the Rookie of the Year. And his singing slash gospel slash emceeing style was proof that he was a very unique and different artist. Him along with Mo3 ushering in a different style to rap. 
And Street Sermons proves that Moray is going to be an elite artist one day. Number 15, Khalid Scenic Drive. This was impressive. I mean, Khalid is coming off of a really dope-ass album. And he did not fail on this particular project. Number 14, Justin Till EP, Corday. Corday is one of those young artists that should be mentioned in, um, you know, elite rapper conversations. I mean, Corday definitely in my top 20 because Corday be snapping. I mean, Justin Till EP, all four of these songs are fucking amazing, especially What's Up with Young Thug. That should have been a bigger hit, in my opinion. Number 13, Tyler, the creator, call me if you get lost. A lot of people might not like the position of it, but like I said, Tyler, the creator, is a victim, just like all these other people behind him, of a year where a lot of great music just dropped. It's no slight against him. It's no hate. I like call me if you get lost. I like Sir, Sir Boulder Lair. I like the alter ego. And I've always been a Tyler, the Creator fan. He was an impressive rapper back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Them golf wing, odd future days. I was there. You, y'all wasn't there. I'm just saying, just in general, y'all was not there. Y'all was not outside when Goblin dropped. And that joint with Frank Ocean was, was, was out there. Number 12, Tink, Heat of the Moment. This was another yet underrated project. Tink and Hitmaker have served to be a dope duo. And so much so, they are back in the studio working on another project together. And there's rumors out there that they're dating. Now, I don't know if that's true. Y'all enlighten me on this. People that's in the gossip world. Man, heat of the moment. My favorite song on here is... um. Oh, it, it was a track with her and DeVito. Might Let You. I think that's the name of that record. Love that record. And Fuck Me Better, too. Dope record. Number 11, Wale for Lauren 2. All I have to say is Caramel, man. That's all I really got to say about that, man. But that whole album was crazy. Poke It Out, Fire. Beverly Boulevard, Fire. More Love, Fire, Angles with, with Sea Breezy, Fire, Dearly Beloved. Like, Wale has another classic on his belt, and Wale is top five. I hate to break it to y'all. Wale is top five. Number 10, Nas drops the legendary King's Disease 2. The original was better. But not that much better than King's Disease 2 as Nas and Hit Boy drop another plate of gumbo on your ass. I mean, this project from start to finish, honestly, bro, it wasn't it wasn't many skips on here, if any. This was just an impressive project. You gotta give Nas his flowers, man. I think he's the second best rapper of all times. Number nine, Eric Bellinger and Hitmaker, 1-800-HIT-EASY. Who would have thought Eric Bellinger and Hitmaker would make a great duo as, as well as Tink and Hitmaker? This 
this project from top to bottom was well produced, well constructed. It had a great set of songs. Eric Bellinger was in his R&B bag. It's a reason why this dude is my favorite current R&B artist. He is just very impressive. With the songwriting and the catchiness, he has hit making ability. He's just not popular. Number eight, West Side Gun, Hitler Wears Hermes 8, Sincerely Adolf. This project was stupid fire. I don't think there was not that many skips on here, if any. Even with the a shit ton of tracks that was actually on here. Number seven, Conway the Machine, La Makina. Woo! This was a ball of fire. A ball of fucking fire. There was no skips on this album. Like, I don't give a fuck, man. Clarity. 6.30 tip-off. Bruiser Brody. Scatterbrain with Ludacris and Jitty Jid. I mean, come on, man. Sister Abigail. Like, this whole album was very impressive. Number six, Anthony Hamilton, Love is the New Black. Let me tell you something. Anthony Hamilton went to his R&B bag, y'all. Straight R&B, straight R&B. And then the music and the production just bought the best out of Anthony Hamilton. Put him in a zone. And this is definitely the best album I've heard from Anthony Hamilton. I think it's even better than coming from where I'm from. I'm willing to make a, a really tough statement like this and say, Love is the New Black is better than coming from where I'm from. And I think that coming from where I'm from is a landmark R&B project. So shout out to Ant, Ant Hamilton, man. Now, we in the top five, y'all. Y'all ready? Number five, Adele 30. Man, those Adele albums will put you in a mental trance. This shit here can make you cry. I ain't cry, but at the same time, I was like, damn. And then the stuff that, you gotta listen to what she's saying. The words was hitting. The words was hitting me, bruh. Like, I was feeling the words and all that extra shit like she was saying. Like, she was dropping, like, bars. But she was just singing. And then, like, the singing range of her, like, it's very impressive. Like, she, she's probably, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say she's the best white singer of all time. I'm going to go that far. And say she, like... She will, all her white contemporaries, she out sing all them bitches, bro. Out sing all of them. She's really that chick, man. Number four, somebody who I think is a better singer than Adele, in my personal opinion, Jasmine Sullivan's Hotels. I love the concept of this. I was highly impressed. Even though it was really only eight songs, and a bunch of interludes. Let me tell you something. The interludes were a very important part of the album. 
as these women were opening up sexually, opening up about sexual experiences and not being embarrassed to admit missteps and to take accountability for their failures. Not to mention, pick up your feelings, nigga. Nigga, I gotta pick up mine every time I hear how she is just attacking that motherfucker vocally. Not to mention my my personal favorite song, Price Tags, with my nigga Anderson Pack. Not to mention she got duets with her and Ari Lennox, who I feel like are like the Mount Rushmore of the R&B motherfuckers right now that's killing shit currently in the game. And she hung with them? You gotta give Jasmine Sullivan her flowers. Because even though her albums, her other albums pale in comparison to this one, this is the landmark album that will be remembered for Jasmine Sullivan. Number three, Silk Sonic, An Evening with Silk Sonic. These two brothers, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pat, before 24 Karat Magic, I was not a fan of Bruno Mars. I didn't like this nigga. I didn't like his songs. I thought he was wild, corny. I thought Grenade was corny. I love Just The Way You Are. I liked, I hated the Lazy song. I couldn't stand that fucking hook on Billionaire. I just fucking hated Bruno Mars. But 24 Karat Magic made me a fan. And him teaming up with somebody that I was outside for y'all wasn't outside when when Venice came out Malibu came out nor Oxnard came out y'all was outside when um that other Anderson Pack album came out I always forget the name of that album for some reason I don't know why but I love that album though Ventura, that's the name of the album that I'm thinking about. Yeah, I was, I loved Ventura. But Silk Sonic, let me tell you something, man. It was short, it was nine tracks, straight to the point. You know what it reminded me of? You remember those old school niggas used to drop like 10 track albums and shit? But the difference is, you know, them old school niggas would have 12 minute songs. Pac and Bruno did not want to do that to us. I don't think there was any skippers on this project. There was no skips, bro. It was, it was a straightforward listen to me. Like, smoking out the window, leave the door open, 777. Those are my favorite songs on there. Number two, Her, Back of My Mind. Man, when I heard this album, I was impressed. I was super impressed with Her. You know, I mean, but she's impressed me before, so this Back of My Mind project shouldn't have been a surprise. I mean, it was a couple of songs that I didn't care for, but, you know, Process is probably my favorite song on here. The joint with Lil Baby was pretty surprising how she switched her shit up. Definitely a good adjustment. Definitely a good, well put, put together uh, collab, but Bloody Waters is another favorite of mine. I like that. Damage 
Damage is our signature song. We know. Damage is our is our signature. Straight like that. Number one. Man, listen. Listen and listen clearly. It's J. Cole, the offseason. Man, listen. J. Cole never ceases to amaze me, man. This nigga has dropped four straight classic albums, dude. Forest Hills Drive, KOD, For Your Eyes Only, and now the offseason. J. Cole is going to go down as one of the greatest rappers of all time. Straight like that. Straight like that. No fucking chaser. J. Cole, the offseason, like from 95 South to Hunger on Hillside, there's no weak moments in this project. There's no skips in it. The interlude is the weakest track, and interlude is fire. I mean, from Amari to Pride is the Devil with Little Baby. Hundred million, I'm still on the grind. Let my hand go. Applying pressure. Close. The climb back, like <sighs> J. Cole just didn't miss at all. And it was really an impressive album. Now, if you have any questions or, or concerns, you can inbox me on at King Known on Instagram. You can at me on Twitter if you want to discuss like this list, what could have been better, what could have not been better. I'm open to constructive criticism, but I'm not open to disrespect because I put way too much time into keeping up with these albums, into keeping up with these lists, not to get this shit right, in my personal opinion. So, this is King Known Uncensored, top 100 albums of the year that I listened to in 2021 Explanation, and I'm out.